0: So, I have a goal for the end of this podcast. I'll be sharing it real soon. But I want to first acknowledge that I live in Ottawa, traditional, non ceded, non surrendered territory of the Algonquins. This is Anishinaabe Aki. One thing that I love about Ottawa is the multiculturalism. There are so many different nations with different cultures. There's so much beauty all around me when I look at the people. And I'm not just talking about indigenous people. Yeah, seriously. I am that type of person, when I hear a language being spoken, I used to go up to the person and be like, hey, what language are you speaking? Just because I was curious, because these are sounds, like we have the same bodies, but we make such completely different sounds. And I've started to see the human being more like a bird. And that to me is culture. We have as many different cultures as we have languages. And even when it comes to English as a basic language, those cultures are separated by our sounds too. I'm not gonna think about that too long. (laughs) But you know, I belong to um, a community center here in Ottawa. I'm not registered with any nation. I'm not registered with any tribe. It's kind of strange because it's like, what is a tribe? Are we still saying tribe? Let me look this up. tribe Canada, uh, three groups of Aboriginal peoples, Indians, more commonly referred to as First Nations, Inuit and Métis. These are three distinct peoples with unique histories, languages, culture, practices and spiritual beliefs. Uh, people also ask how many First Nations tribes are there in Canada, 634. These are registered nations, registered underneath the Indian Act. But what happens when we move? What happens when we are displaced? What happens when they try to beat the native out of the children? Then what happens to your family? Then what happens? Many of us are feeling called back to the drum and we end up in these places where we're asking, who are we? And we are so detached from who we once were or who our ancestors were And some of us don't even know. Some of us are just being called to the drum really strongly. And it takes a very long time to get to know who you are. What's your clan? And if you want to find out through the paperwork, who was that ancestor? Did that ancestor have status? Do they have a story? And how is it told? Whose perspective is it told from? That question about status is important. Having status cards shows to people who you are. And racism is alive and well. You know, there's an ongoing genocide on Indigenous people, right? In Canada. This segregation of our cards, our status, in your genetics. You still hold that ancestral memory. And even if you were born in so-called Canada, and they give you that card to state that you are Canadian, but you yourself know there's something wrong here. I'm not like them. Who am I? You have to explore that fully, completely, deeply. You get to know our history. As you look for your ancestors, you listen not only to what is being said, but you listen to your heart. You listen to your ancestors. They'll help guide you. Talk to them. Thank them. Because it's because of them that you are here today. And so, something beautiful that happens in the cities of Canada. For whatever reason, people find themselves coming into these cities and living here, jobs, resources, whatever the story is, to class aboriginal people into three different groups. First nation, Inuit, Métis. And then even to class the first nation and state that there are 634 nations. Speaking more than 50 distinct languages. (laughs) That's what it says here. That's what's left. That's what's left of the millions of people that were here on Turtle Island before colonization. And even then, of that very small number, people from all over end up in these city centers. And you find yourself being called back to the drum and you look into it and you find yourself reaching out to the nearest friendship center. And there you find your new community. As an individual, you still know who you are. You still get pulled to particular teachings from particular nations. But you, most importantly, lead with the heart and listen. You take what serves you and leave the rest because a lot of our teachings have been destroyed, have been warped. Understand there's an ongoing genocide on indigenous people in Canada. understand what the Indian Act is and the goal of the Indian Act. Learn our true story here. But I'm truly grateful for all of these beautiful different peoples and what they bring to the circle. with their knowledge of themselves and who they are, the culture, the languages. I'm so grateful to be in a circle where we have just so many perspectives. I'm grateful that we have elders, knowledge keepers, i'm grateful that my community center reaches out to people of different nations as well we have inuit teachers or inuk (laughs) still learning knowledge keepers come in too you know because there's a huge presence of inuit here in ottawa We need to honor that. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever been up there, but I've been up to Kujuac, which is like up in Quebec, where there's a loop, a little bloop, and at the very end there, bloop. And the trees there were so short that my perspective was so changed. (laughs) So when I was up in Kujuak, I got called to be there uh, to volunteer um, for something. And that's a really long story for another day. But when I got there, um, someone picked me up and they're like, well, let me give you a tour. Kujuak is a really small place. And if people are your reference to how big or small a place is, Kujuak population online says it's 2754 as of 2016. But anyway, she gave me a tour and everything looked different. It's a small town The houses were raised up. The way they got their water was um, there's like a, a tub of water and there's a water truck that comes out and fills houses. And there's a light if you need water. Or was that gas? That was gas. Because it's gas is how they keep the houses warm. And if you get low on gas, the light changes. And so the person driving it Knows to come by and fill it up again. But as for the water, uh, we did have running tap water, but the drinking water came from uh, this one place in town you had to drive up to. I think so. It's been a while. So anyway, We're driving around, she's pointing out things. And so there was a tower at the end of the the hill up there. She's like, yeah, we'll go to the tower, I'll take you to the tower. I'm like, okay. And as we're driving around, I'm just like totally in awe of everything. The trees there were about, I don't know, four feet high. Sometimes a little taller, sometimes a little shorter. But we were right at the edge of the tree line. The bush life there grows shorter and thicker because it has learned to cope with its environment or it has grown this way for millennia where in this environment, um, you don't need to grow tall. you also don't waste your energy on such things. (laughs) So there were shacks every now and then. And by shacks, I mean like little cabins or what looked like little ice huts, sometimes a little bit bigger than what I'm used to an ice hut looking like. And so I was like, cool, cool, you know. And, um, and she was telling me those are camps. Uh, I'm like, okay. You know, I'm just taking it all in. And at some point I see there's um, a camp kind of well looking really far away, right? I'm like, wow, awesome. Is that another camp? And she looks at me and she makes this like weird face, scrunched up face, and kinda shakes her head and she's like, no, that's a doghouse. And I look over and the dog comes out and my brain just breaks. <laughs> Because you see, the shack was as tall as the trees. And so I thought it was really far away from the perspective that I had learned through living here where the trees grow tall. <laughs> anyway. There are many, many, many different cultures here. And there are many, many different nations. And many, many different peoples and stories and experiences and perspectives. And it's really important to have, especially this day and age where just now, the ceremonies are starting to be practiced again in public. You know, powwows, man. When you're sitting up there in the stalls and you're looking at us, I hope you understand just how much it means to be able to have a space where our songs are sung, the big drums playing, and we get to dance because dancing is praying, and everything that you are seeing is prayer. It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> That's who we are. Around here, anyway, you know, different cultures. So that's why you have to celebrate Indigenous artists, Indigenous authors, and like everything Indigenous, celebrate it. Because you know, there's an ongoing genocide on Indigenous people. And so, for our voices to be heard, understand the ancestors who stand behind us and what they went through. I think every Canadian should be actively seeking out, you know, indigenous music, indigenous art, indigenous, knowledge, culture, teachings. You're not there to take up space, you're there to learn, to listen. And if we talk to you, then enjoy. (laughs) Appreciate, but make sure you're not taking too much time because Canadians, you should be listening. You shouldn't be doing the talking right now. You should be listening. You should also be laughing. <laughs> But yeah, in my teachings, we are all part of the circle. All of us. We are all part of the circle. And I just can't wait till the Wabano Community Center opens up again. You know, we have to, we used to have Monday Culture Night, which was open to all community, like everybody in the area. (coughs) And that's how you get to know one another. And that's how you start building your relationships, your friendships. The rest of the time, the teachings are closed off to community members, registered community members. And that's important too, because we need our time. We need our circles. We need to reconnect with who we are. We need our space. Well, yeah, (laughs) welcome. And thank you for being here and listening.